2: put the spring back into your step and into your home too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.
3: Well, 2023 has been a very interesting year for viewers with the actor strike, the writer's strike, and maybe you've run out of things to watch. Well, Matt Roush of TV Guide Magazine is joining us right now, and he's got his top 10 list for the year out. And Matt, Let's start with number 10 of your top 10 favorite shows.
1: Yeah, well, this was a mini series that aired on Apple TV Plus called Lessons in Chemistry, which was based on a book I really liked, and I thought the, the TV version was just as good, if not better. Brie Larson uh, played the main character. She's a brilliant chemist in the 1950s who was blocked from her professional, st- uh, professional um, achievements, and so she turns to TV and becomes a celebrated TV chef who takes her, her job very seriously. She sees cooking as chemistry, and the women, who just, who, the women of the time who just love not being talked down to, they make her sort of a TV star, but it's also the arc of her life, which has tragedy and comedy in it, And uh, then, and also this uh, co-starring appearance by Lewis Pullman playing the the scientist that she loves and loses. And it's just a really wonderful, heartwarming show. And just one of those uh, series that kind of took me by surprise. And Apple TV Plus just does such great work with so many of their series, Lessons in Chemistry. I just as I like to say, I ate it up.
3: <laughs> I loved the book. Have not watched the series yet, but I'm going to definitely. And I love this next show at number nine, although I am not current, but Reservation Dogs on Hulu is definitely worth people watching.
1: Oh, definitely. One of those shows that kind of flies under the, rain bar, the radar. It was produced by FX, um, but it aired on Hulu. And it's a series about uh, an indigenous community uh, on, a, on a tribe in in Oklahoma, but it's about the four kids who sort of want to get out and they want to see the world, but they're always stymied. And then when they do get out, they have bizarre misadventures. But it was a really endearing series that gave you a true sense of community in in a part of the world that you never really see on TV. So Reservation Dogs had three seasons. This was the final season. So as, as all the best ones do, it leaves you wanting more. But it also was just a really satisfying story. And the way that they finished up the story, you just got a sense that you had lived with these characters and loved these characters and laughed with them and sometimes grieved with them. It was just a really terrific and very special series because, like I said, you just don't see these kind of characters on TV very much. And Reservation Dogs did it very well.
3: And speaking of that, uh, yes, we have such great diversity on streaming services now, which I don't know that we could even say five or ten years ago. And number seven, you have Beef, which is basically two Asian-Americans going to war.
1: Yeah, this is another really great limited series. There's some talk that they might continue the series as like an anthology, another season which would be like other people at each other's throats. But here we had Ali Wong and Steven Yeun, Um, From The Walking Dead, playing these two people who get into a road rage incident, and it just escalates from there. And they are from different walks of life, uh, but they're both Asian-Americans. But they really just keep coming across each other, and it just builds and builds. Um, as you sort of followed them in their own very different lives. And um, it it was, again, it was, there was tragedy in it, but at the same time, it was kind of funny, but it was also really dark. And it was truly original, which you don't see, even in streaming with as many shows as there are, they all seem to be playing to some kind of formula. I'd never seen a story told quite like Beef and not with those characters. So that was another real big hit for Netflix.
3: Well, we've done three streaming shows so far, but let's talk about some network television. You've got a tie at number eight.
1: Yeah, um, I, I feel it's important if you can to include network in the whole, you know, the whole spectrum of television, because that's what's still most a lot of people are watching network TV, they haven't completely unplugged. But the truth is that these studios and these uh, companies are putting their most interesting work, their most innovative interest the kind of things that critics tend to like and put on their best of the year list. They tend to put them behind the paywall on their streaming platforms. They've sort of robbed the networks of the kind of shows you might've seen there. And even like miniseries series are all happening on the streamers or possibly premium cable. But to have two shows that I really like having great sophomore seasons, two comedies, Abbott Elementary on ABC and Ghosts on CBS are just delightful wonderful shows with great ensembles terrific writing and they're shows that I have been missing ever since you know the strike happened we didn't get any of our shows back uh, you know, all fall and into the winter, so we're not going to see these shows come back until February. But uh, they're certainly worth waiting for. Abbott Elementary, of course, gets a lot of awards. It's one of the shows that has broken through, which hasn't happened really since Modern Family. The Ghosts, I think, is really underrated. Really funny characters. The Ghosts haunting this um, estate in upstate New York, and it's just uh, they're just really funny. They go all the way back from the Revolutionary War and Vikings to a flapper to a to a Wall Street bro who's got no pants, and all these ghosts are just really great characters, and I can't wait to welcome them back.
3: If there was a person whose voice could be a character, it would be Natasha Leone And she was great in Poker Face at number six.
1: Yeah, yeah, she sounds always like she's gargling gravel, but she's just hilarious. And Poker Face is one of those shows that could have aired on like NBC or USA Network back in the day, but it's on Peacock. And it's a mystery comedy, sort of in the mode of Columbo. And what Natasha Williams plays, she plays this drifter by the name of Charlie, and she can tell if you're lying by the minute you open your mouth. She is a built-in lie detector, and she uh, sort of drifts from place to place. And the way that the story told, is kind of like Columbo. You see the murder happen. You know who done it. It's more about the fact that you know she's going to figure it out. And uh, when and you see her about 10 minutes into the episode, e- each episode, she's kind of like an R-rated Jessica Fletcher. Wherever she goes, somebody dies, but at the same time, the way that she actually exposes these crooks and these, and usually played by really great guest stars like Judith Light and Cherry Jones and Nick Nolte, you name it, uh, it's a really really great characters in this show. So if you liked Columbo, and it's by the guy who created the Knives Out franchise for the movies, uh, Rian Johnson, so this is a really fun show. But I don't know why it has to be streaming. This is a show that would have worked really well on NBC. But I do love Poker Face,
3: <laughs> and I know you love Star Trek spin-offs. So at number five, you've got two.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, Marvel and Star Wars gets all the buzz, but um, Star Trek had two great series this year. The final season of Star Trek Picard, which brought to get back together many of the characters from the next generation. It was just a really great season. And then Strange New Worlds, which is a prequel to uh, the years before Captain Kirk, uh, they did such interesting and, and experimental things. They had a full musical episode. They did an episode where they had a crossover with the animated characters from the other uh, really good spinoff called Lower Decks. But so there was a bit of, you know, the animated characters came to life in live action. But the musical episode was just really actually kind of brilliant. I hadn't seen one like that since Buffy the Vampire Slayer. But yeah, so Star Trek has taken big swings. It's a true TV show. It's a great science fiction TV show. And I just get more enjoyment out of them than I do out of most of the Star Wars or Marvel series.
3: All right. I have to put that on the list because I have not watched those or your show at number four, A Small Light.
1: Oh, yeah, this one really flew under the radar, and I'm really sad it didn't get more attention from the Emmys or some of the other awards groups. This is a miniseries that are on National Geographic, and it tells the story of Meep Geese, who, who was a Dutch woman who uh, helped hide Anne Frank and her family. She worked for Otto Frank in the same building. And she was one of the ones who were protecting the family for several years during Nazi occupation. You get a full sense of her life. She's funny. She's sexy. It isn't just heroism, although her husband's also in the resistance. But you just get a sense of a full life lived and the tragedy that's unfolding around them as they're being deprived. And Liev Schreiber played um, Anne's father, Otto Frank, and he gives a performance that's just so restrained and moving. Um, especially in the final chapter when he's the only one that comes back. It's a haunting thing. I just loved A Small Light, and I just wish more people would see it.
3: Your top three, I loved all three of these. And at number three, we have the most backstabbing family. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I I was just glad I wasn't a member of this family because I would have been toast, but we're talking about HBO's Succession.
1: Oh, So true. Yeah, I think the top three are basically just a tie because all of them are just so incredibly great. But I can't think of a final season that was more riveting and to some extent satisfying than Succession. They took the big swing of killing off the father of the family in the third episode. Everybody had been waiting for him to die, really, because he would never step down from his media empire. And that's why the kids were at each other's throat all the time. But after he died, then the uh, who's going to take the top chair became even more... um, amplified over those last episodes and watching the family fall apart and, 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 and betray each other all the way to the end, and the final twist is just so ironic in terms of who actually got the top job. <laughs> it's one of those things that you never quite forget if you see it. That show was great for four seasons, and it was just absolutely perfectly done where it, it, had, to, it had to end that season. I don't know how long they could have kept the show going, but it was actually just one of those shows that had a perfect run, and those, those final episodes are just blistering for real.
3: Okay, number two, uh, Pedro Pascal has has certainly been in a lot of things. It's not like he's not acted before, but The Last of Us, I think, is when everyone fell in love with Pedro.
1: Yeah, I still don't understand why he wears a helmet all the time as a Mandalorian, because Pedro Pascal is much better if you can actually see him. And then and this, it, this took me back to like the early days of The Walking Dead when it was so riveting. This is based on a video game set in a post-apocalyptic world where people are being mutated into these really scary monsters. Um, but it's really about the humans who were trying to survive in all of this and pedro pascal is teamed with this young teenage girl called ellie played by bella ramsey who we first saw in game of thrones but this uh, young girl she's a bit of a brat and he's forced to take her across country to find a cure or some such thing but it's their partnership and the people they meet along the way one episode dealt with um, nick offerman and murray bartlett playing this uh, this very unusual couple oh, who sort that was of such a life.
3: great episode
1: it really wasn't they formed an entire life during this uh period of of, 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 you know, mayhem. Um, and, and it was just ex at moving. I mean, I can't think the last time that a horror show made me cry. And so that the last of us is just like that is, um, and I cannot wait for a second season, but I think what it was was both suspenseful, but also just really deeply human and just a great TV show.
3: And on the top of Matt Rausch's top 10 of 2023 <laughs> is it's a very intense show for sure, but so enjoyable. The bear. Yeah. On who the bear
1: yes, I love the fact that I start with the lessons in chemistry and end with the bear because it's also about food mm-hmm. to some extent. Um, this is a family it's a family drama in many ways, but it's also a con- they call it a comedy because it's a half an hour and I will say that the second season has lightened up a little bit. first season, I thought was just really just almost too intense. But in the second season, the restaurant that they're putting together, um, trying, to, trying, to, trying to revise, I guess, is shut down. It's about renovation. It's about renewal. Uh, they're they're going to turn this restaurant, which was like a beef, um, a beef sandwich shop, a family shop, into more of a high-end because the guy who they call the bear, Carmi. He's a celebrity chef, and so he's going to turn this restaurant around. But it's each of their own personal journeys the second season told, as they're uh, getting that restaurant back into shape and going through all the hurdles. Set in Chicago, characters are really vivid, but each of these characters went through transformations of their own. I just love the second season. And there was a Christmas episode where it was a flashback to the family in other days, and the people they introduced, you had Jamie Lee Curtis playing the mom, and Bob Odenkirk playing an uncle, and all these other characters you had not yet met, and together one of the most, I guess, fractious Christmas dinners you've ever seen. The show is truly intense, but I did think it lightened up a bit in the second season, and I loved it much more even than the first. But, yeah, The Bear is one of those shows, again, produced by FX, but airs on Hulu that people really ought to look at, look for if they're looking for the best in television.
3: And that is Matt Rausch and his top ten. So if you haven't seen any of those, you know what you're doing in these cold winter days. Happy New Year, Matt, and thanks for joining us on KMOX. Absolutely.